Alrighty, so the next uh, little episode that we're going to present to you all uh, this time around is with uh, Joe Ball. This was a, a two-part episode because I had a few technical difficulties, although it's not really going to make a whole lot of difference to the um, audio medium, I suppose. Um, there's a lot of description, although from memory, in this episode. So um, if you want to see more of what Joe is doing, uh, definitely check out bluetonguelizard.com.au for the reptile side of things, and I believe it's Amor Armor Macaws for his bird side of things, although that may or may not be mentioned in this uh, video. I can't quite remember what was in this video. It was a few years ago, uh, again, as part of this throwback series. Um, I believe we will be trying to eventually get Joe on again for a follow-up video, uh, follow-up uh, interview, sorry, um, about what he's up to nowadays. Uh, absolutely, we will try and organise that one at some point uh, in the, the, the coming months. Um, but hopefully you enjoy this one as an insight into uh, Joe Ball and the, the blue tongues, the other reptiles that he works with uh, up there in sunny Queensland as well. Um, and hope you enjoy. Thanks. All right, so here we go, number three of the podcast. Um, I will just wait for some people to join. I'm just going to be fixing up some settings and bits and pieces. Um, and then we should be good to go. Um, but yeah, we'll just wait for Joe to join there. We All right, so we will start off with a little bit of a backstory to Joe. Joe is one of the big blue tongue breeders here in Australia, producing some amazing morph blue tongues. He also keeps a few different monitor species and a few different skink species, as well as carpet pythons and albino olive pythons, but we'll get to all that later in the podcast. So we'll just wait for technical technology, I should say, to do what it's got to do. And then we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, feel free to ask any questions while we're waiting. Um, let's cancel that. And go again. All right. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Good, good. So let's get right into it, I guess. Um, first off, what have you got behind you there? Um, I thought you'd find that interesting. Yeah, these are um, one of a handful of... Um, new sort of more naturalistic cages that I've set up that um, with sort of a, a tropical theme if you like that top cage has got uh, Varanus prasinus in there emerald tree monitors and then the cage below if you can see there has got green pythons in there so um, nice yeah Right. Um, I've done half a dozen cages like that to house, house that kind of stuff. I've got some frogs in one, some um, emeralds in another, green pythons in another, some uh, yakka skinks in another one. So, yeah, just been having a bit of fun doing that lately. Yep, sounds good. All right. 
let's get cracking. Uh, where did the reptile obsession for you begin? I think it's always been there. I don't think it. I think it was just. It was just there. I was just that kid that grabbed everything when he was a. Uh, when he was old enough to do so, whether it was a mouse, a rat, a snake, or limited snakes there was in the UK, frogs, toads, newts, anything, anything I could get my hands on. And um, yeah, whilst everybody else runs away, I run towards it, uh, no matter what it is, really. Yeah, so let's go to, I guess, where, again, back to where it all began. Um, what was the first sort of things that you started keeping, uh, anything in the UK, I guess? Yeah. It was anything I could catch, really. So frogs, toads, as much as you all hate toads here, there's some pretty cool toads in the UK. Uh, newts, they're, they're pretty cool. There's, that You don't get those here. That sort of stuff, really. The, fir the first captive animals I had were, were terrapins, or red yeah. gliders, as some would know them better. Yep, all right, so... Once you got to Australia, um, what made you decide to go down the blue tongue path? Oh, I'd never kept blueies before, and I just saw them in the pet shop and thought, oh, I haven't had any reptiles for a while since I was back in the UK. So there was sort of a three-year sort of gap, if you like. I'd got myself a little bit settled, and I just walked into a pet shop thinking that Aussie pet shops would be rife with all sorts of cool wildlife, but Queensland pet shops are pretty drab. There was nothing really in there due to what I found out to be regulations that we continue to fight to this day. But what there was in there was a couple of bearded dragons, a couple of blue tongues, a couple of turtles. So I thought, why not give the good old Bluey a run? And um, here yep. we are today. Yep. So um, a question before was how many blue tongues do you currently own? Give us a rough ballpark. Uh, not actually that many. Uh, I've always tried to keep things quite tight, really. I have specific programs to try and achieve specific outcomes. So I, in terms of adults, when you put together the blotchies, the, all the skin coities, so that's Easterns, Northerns, blotchies, and anything else, some Westerns that, that I've picked up recently, um, it wouldn't be any more than 100. Mm. Some would think okay. it's way more than that, but the reality is oh, my, my light keeps cutting out. Wait one sec. So good. There you go. It's back again. Yeah, reality is I can run the programs and achieve the outcomes that I want to from a, a total number of animals of less than 100. At the moment, it would be sitting at about 70, which at okay. this time of year, uh, it would be at its lowest because we're, what, six six weeks away from babies? So yeah, I, I, I really am down to the lowest number possible right now. Yep, and um, how much roughly are you planning on producing, or how many females have you got bred um, this year? This year there would be about 35, something like that. And yeah. again, like I say, very, very specific. So yeah, uh, it, there's nothing in there that's, that's replication. It's all stuff that's uh, driven at an outcome that, I, ha I either haven't achieved before or I've not been happy with the outcome prior. There's no simply just making albinos or making white northerns, for instance. It's, it's literally to try and find find that one animal in every litter that, that changes the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, so going into the morphs with the blue tongues, 
what's I guess you already kind of asked or touched on this. What species are you working with, and what morphs are you working working with? With the blueies, of course, it's I mean the the, the major morph revolution, if you like, in blueies is with the skincoides. So, and that's a mix of northern and eastern, and as anybody that's in in that game knows now most of it is pretty mixed up with those two subspecies so and ac across those subspecies you've got what is often referred to as the four the four big morphs which is white northern albinism hypermel and axanthic or anery whichever you want to call it so yeah. there's all the combinations that you can make from those four and then the fifth big player, which I think is equally as big as any of those, which has come on board now, and you're going to start seeing combinations from that. That's the T-plus albino. Oh. So that's five. And then anybody that knows anything about morphs or knows anything about those realise that those five are all colour mutations. So mm. they're all things that either take colour away, increase colour, modify colour slightly, Um but they, none of them actually do anything with the pattern. So I think to come, there are a couple of pattern mutations in the pipeline which are going to overlay all that again. So you're going to be able to not only change the color, but change the pattern. And that, that's a familiar um, precedent, if you like. And every species that's ever been morphed, whether it's corn snakes, ball pythons, carpet pythons, leopard geckos, um, all of them have followed that pattern. It kicks off with usually albinism or any colour mutation that that, that that seems to be found and then it morphs itself into all the combinations and then pattern combinations with colour combi ah, pattern morphs with colour morphs to get um, further combinations, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, out of all the morphs that you work with with the blue tongues, what is your favourite and what do you think will be the next big thing, I guess? Uh, my my favourite or, or my initial goal was always to produce the larva, which was the uh, albino um, over-hypermelanistic, over which was the larva. And that still to this day seems to be the holy grail. So whilst that is one of my big favourites and was my initial goal, uh, I suppose it's evolved now and I think probably the T plus for me and the potential that that, that holds moving forwards. Yeah. Um, so you think that'll be the next big thing as well or do you think the uh, blotchy morphs that are starting to come out will eventually overtake? What oh, I, now? I think the lava will always take some beating, let's be honest, but... Mm. No, I can hear you. Can't see you. Can't you, see me. Okay. Do you think that's me or you? Mm. So just to preface this next bit uh, as me re-watching this clip, um, unfortunately on the day of recording I had a few technical difficulties, um, which seemed to be a reoccurring theme with these Facebook live streams. Honestly, as you can probably tell from the start of most of these videos, I tend to blame technical difficulties for something, although it was probably a bit of my own incompetence as well. Um, regardless, uh, just see how this one plays out over the next couple of minutes, and then I'll put you on to the part two of this uh, episode as well. No idea.
I don't seem to have dropped out mm. at all. I don't. I don't think my reception's fallen out. So, oh, it must be me. What do you want me to do? Oh well. Um, everybody can still hear you, so we might as well just keep going, I guess. Okay. Um. So with the morphs, for those that um, for those that don't know. Um, how do uh, you touched on this briefly, but how do they all work? So like the albinos, hypers, anaries, all that, what are they due to the normal coloration? Most of those mutations, well, all the ones that you just listed are straight recessive. So you've got in a single copy or, or heterozygous form, the animal tends to take on the appearance of a wild type animal. Then when you've got yep. two copies of the gene or the recessive form, you then get the visual appearance of the animal. So your albino, hypermel, anery, and white. Is that, is that yeah. what you were getting at? Yep. And um, what, so like the anery as an example, what does that do to the normal coloration of the animal? Okay, yeah. So your anery, what you've got is your anery pulls out all your yellows and oranges. So if you like, that's like a reverse albino. It, and and yeah. in fact, it's re is referred to as that in some quarters in the States. And then you've got the albino, which does the opposite to that, which takes out all your, all your melanin, so your blacks and your browns. Then you've got yeah. the white northern, which basically pulls out all color, but doesn't uh, have any effect on the eyes. Yeah. And then you've got the hypermel, which seems to excite every single color in the range. And then you end up with a totally black blue tongue. Yeah. Barring the orange or yellow yeah. on the belly. Do you want to reload it so we can get the picture back again? Do you want to try that or? Yeah, What's why not? What, what? Yeah, we'll give that a crack. LC Joe, I can see her and I can hear her. Um, I think we're good to go. Yep, all good. All right. So we started off, we touched on the colors and what they do to the wild type animal. Um, let's talk about the blotchies for a bit. How did they come about and what uh, traits are there with them? For me, that, that, that represents something totally different and, and that's really the future after all the eastern and northern morphs have been exhausted. You're then going to see what what potential can come out of all the other subspecies, and the the blotchy is definitely the next the next one in that. And I believe that the blotchy has even greater potential than than, than the existing morphs in Schinchoides, and we're just starting to see that uncovered. The first one, which um, I've actually managed to prove out, is the super pinstripe, which for all those carpet python lovers works in the same way as a zebra carpet in that. You've got a uh, one copy uh, visual pattern change similar to your zebra carpet. And then in two copies, the super form, you've got a full patternless animal or virtually patternless. It's got like tiny pinstripes down the body. So there's that one there. Then this year should, should see exanthic proven out or anery, whichever you want to call it. That's your black eyes again and all your orange and yellows pulled out. There is albinism out there. It seems to be a bit of a um, holy grail, though. There, there's some in Tassie. Uh, I've got a group of pos hats here. Um, so hopefully one day 
that that will come out too. It, if that could be cracked, then it would be all systems go again in another mm. species. So, yeah, exciting times for the bluey, and there's probably a further 10, 10 years work on the blotches still to come. Yeah. Um, with the two morphs that you listed, the um, axanthic or anery possibly, and the um, super pinstripe, is there a specific uh, locale or like lowlands alpines that they came from? Yeah, the the super pinstripe is um, alpine, and the um, anneries are lowland. So, yeah. yeah. And are you putting and them? The, the, yeah, go. And the um, albinos are tazzies. So it basically covers all all the different. Well, they're not even subspecies. They've got the same name. There is mm. no subspecies. They're they're actually locality differences. Yeah. It's not like the. The blueies that actually split and the way they split the skin cordis, they're all Taliqua nigra lutea, mm. but um, we've got different localities. You've got Tazis, you've got Lowlands, you've got um, Highlands or Alpines. So, yep. yeah, down, down the track, we'll see see those localities mixed, whether yep. you like it or not, in some cases. Um, it's the only way to get some of those morphs together, I suppose. Mm. So, have you done that kind of a pairing as of yet, or? Is that something that's in the pipeline? Uh, I tried it last year, but didn't get anything out of it, but it's coming, so. Okay. Uh, you will definitely see those uh, combinations in those, for yeah. sure. Um, what are the, what's the next pairing, I guess? What's the next big pairing that's going to happen? Or what two genes combined will be the next big thing like the lavas are? I, I personally don't think visually you'll you'll really beat the lava from what from what's out there in the in those initial four four morphs. Yeah. So the combinations that have already come out of albino, hyper, anery, and white northern. I don't think you're going to see anything better phenotypically or to look at than the lava. But the t the T plus combos, mm. so you'll be able to see T plus white, T plus albino, T plus uh, hyper. The T plus yeah. hyper, which should be a totally uh, lavender blue tongue, that could mm. go very close to beating the lava. Yeah. So I suppose it, it's those combos there and um, all the natural variation that goes once mm. you get that fifth gene into play. Yeah. For instance, at the moment, I've, uh, you know, I've got groups of quad hats and you get a lot of natural variation for in the litters there, not just the visual morphs. You just get lots of polygenic variation. Yeah. So when you start getting fifth gene into those into those hats it, it's just gonna just gonna increase um variation exponentially yeah um what do you think will happen with a t plus anary combination what do you think that would look like well they already call that a t snow in the bows uh, in the states uh, and what you end up with is a is a totally white background with lavender hues through it yeah and um, you should see either that or the 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 T plus white this year, which should be similar. Yeah. Because so, some of the whites still retain colour, so mm. the do the double combo with the white and the T plus should see a white with plenty of lavender hues. Yeah. Let me just get my light back on. Yeah. There. And even yeah. with the with the future breeding with the whites, depending on which way you go, do you go with more pan or do you go with more white? Yes. What, what would be your? If you, 
it depends what what you're trying to go i mean with the t plus there i use the the darkest whites possible because you still want to retain some melanin and the same with the t plus i use the darkest t plus because it, it, it's an easy thing to naturally emanate towards the stuff that's lightest color but in effect you're giving away a lot of the pigmentation that's there and you end up with a, a totally washed out animal so hopefully in some of those combos when you see the results i've picked the right animals to 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 get the the visually appealing outcomes yeah um all right let's move on to some monitors um what what species do you have currently or let's go with let's go with what species have you kept uh in the big monitors i've i've had all all the the big five if you like so uh, through my time I'm a, I'm a bit of a collector or uh, impulsive sort of reptile collector so over the years I've had pretty much everything at some point I haven't, I haven't bred that many of them but I've, I've certainly kept them so I've had Mertens I've had Spencers which I've still got Parenti Lacey's Panoptes yeah, um, yeah. else yeah that, so, so all, the, all the big guns and then yeah. in the smaller monitors, which is something that I haven't really gotten into until sort of the last two or three years, I've got uh, Kimberly Rock monitors, everybody, and then everybody's dream, Varanus Prasinus. If they were all on license. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. And it's debatable as to whether, whether any of us are going to be able to have them soon. So mm. let's see. Yeah. Um... Which is your favourite? I I would say my favourite would have to be the Parenti, um, even though yeah. the emeralds. Are yeah, I love cool, the Parenti. But... You've got you've got to love the Parenti. Mm. Um, you've also got to love the Prasinus. I'll see if I can dig dig, dig him out for you. One yeah, Prasinus sure. here. Okay, it tends to go to. Can you see that there? Let me try and get a light on this. Yeah. Okay, can you see? A big blue water bowl there. Yeah. Yeah. Under there is where he tends to go to sleep. So can you see him there? Yeah. That's that's something special. Is that there, clear? Because I, I can only see the back of the phone. So is that real clear to everyone? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. He's shutting his eye and half asleep. So. Mm. Thanks for that. That's, yeah, I, th I think that, that has to be everybody's favourite. With yeah. with all any pictures that I put online, that seems to get the best response these days. So. Yeah. Um, how how do they go care wise? What's the is there any spe specific things that you have to give them compared to others? Uh, no, they're, they're as easy to keep as a bearded dragon, in my opinion. Just add some water. So. Mm. Um, just like a bearded dragon, but just make sure you've got plenty of water on hand. Give them a spray every now and again. And, um, yeah, yeah. And that's the whole debate with the department at the moment, saying that they're technically difficult to keep and blah, mm. blah, blah. And that's basically what I turned around to them and said, is that they're just as easy to keep as bearded dragons. So yeah. um, probably easier, actually. Yeah. Let's be honest, beardies aren't that easy to keep. So now they're easier to keep than beardies. Okay. Um, so you've got the Kimbos as well. Is that similar, yeah. just higher temperatures? 
Yeah, that that's similar too. So I think the key with a lot with monitor species like that is just have a good deep mulch on the on, on the ground so that you've got some kind of humidity retention. Yeah. And that sort of get, gets you out of jail in the sense that you, these animals will shed properly. And then just once a day or every second day, just go around and just um, top water levels up in the substrate, if you like. Just give it a spray just to make sure that you've, you've just got a little bit of humidity going on. And then, of course, during the winter, you take that away so that it dries right out. And then as soon as the summer starts up again, you, you sort of pick that up, which if, if breeding is your goal, that's going to give you your breeding responses. Yep. Um, so which monitors do you keep outside? Currently, currently, uh, like I say, I used to have all of the big five, but currently I've got a group of parentes. I've got seven big parentes, and I've got um, a trio of Spencers. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. That's the goal, isn't it, for everyone keeping big lizards outside? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a bucket list for me, having moved to Australia and gotten into reptiles, was to keep and have uh, cages big enough to house parentes and ultimately breed them. Mm. You know, it's in the top three to four uh, land lizards in terms of size in the world, probably only really truly second to the Komodo dragon. And mm. um, it, 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 it's one hell of an animal. And to be able to do it and keep it and, and so on and ultimately breed it was, was pretty cool for me. Yeah. Um, we've got a question here. Do you keep any frillies? No, I don't. I don't, actually. So that answers that one. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't mind some nice Kimbo frillies, the ones that have got the orange through the frill, but I think I've got enough on my plate at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, never say never. <laughs> Let's move into some snakes now. Um, so we've seen the Moon Glow project um, with the carpet pythons and with the blue tongues, but we can talk about that later. Um what yeah what is your role with the carpet pythons and the moths currently or what have you got um i'm working on the moon glow stuff it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a copy off wayne to be honest but it's um a pretty cool project and well well worth some replication so i've got that that makes up a part of what i do that in fact the i've got a the, the female Moonglow carpet is, is grabbing here. We might be able to see her if I put a light on. If you look in there, under that paper somewhere, she is, we'll just lift it up. So there she is. Yeah. She's just in pre-lay sloth at the moment. Mm. My stuff tends to lay eggs a lot later up here than a lot of the guys further south. So she's probably yeah. got another possibly week till she sheds and then however long till she lays the eggs. Yeah. So. Would you say yeah. that's almost the holy grail of carpet pythons so far? Yeah, it seems to be that. And whilst looking at that, that's how I keep my carpets. So... I tend to put what I call a, a snake lattice in there. So I make those out of fence palings and I keep them on butcher's paper or packing paper or whatever you want to call it. And then I have sort of a hide at one end there, a nice solid hide with stone on the top to retain some heat and lights on 
uh, time is there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we, there's a few car pythons watching, so yeah, you yeah. enjoy that. We've got a question here. Um, with the pygmy blue tongues, are there any known breeding programs to preserve them? Well, I can say to help answer that, that um, some of the zoos in South Australia have got some breeding groups. I don't know of any captive outside of that. Um, There's some captive breeders up in Queensland um, that, that I know of, but outside of that, it's only the stuff in South Australia. Yeah. And I think that those will be taken off license here probably anyway. So, mm. um, But yeah, they, they have cracked them down in South Australia and hopefully we will see them in the captive game soon, mm. I suppose, after the zoos have um, told everybody how good they are yeah, and uh, finally released them. Mm. Um, what other snakes do you have or work with as well as the carpets? I have, I've got some greens again, which I've only recently picked up. I've had those before. Um, these are just for fun. You can see those again here. There's a, can you mm. see that one there? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a pair of greens in there in a nice, uh, as I was describing before, naturalistic cage. I've also got olive pythons. Yeah. I've bred a couple of albino olives in my, in my, in my years. And I've, I've got a pair of those, but I actually keep the, just decided to put those outside. So I'm okay. seeing how they go in the Queensland weather. There's yeah. some that I bred that will be coming up to breeding age this coming season. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. That's a, They're difficult yeah. to breed olives mm. in, in boxes. I've bred them a couple of times, but they seem to be very hit and miss. Yeah. I think that's the same for everybody. So I thought we'll give them a run outside in the Queensland yeah. sun and see how they go. Mm. Um, are there any specific... Uh little tweaks that you've had to do to look after them outside? Because that's this is the first I've heard of I've only just done it. being kept outside. Yeah, I've only just done it. So yeah. um, uh, watch this space, really. I'll, I'll yep. put up a few pictures of them outside eventually. I've taken a few, so we'll see how that goes. I, 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 I will be able to heat them in the winter, but I'm sure they'll go better than they do inside, mm. especially as I, it's very easy for me to heat them outside in the winter. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, so watch this space really for that one. In my opinion, it will give them plenty of opportunity to bomb around. They're in a three by three meter mm. cave, uh, aviary out there, so they're going to be able to work on their muscle tone a little bit, and they yeah. won't just be big fat snakes in a box that won't breed, mm. which is, I think, the problem most people have with those and blackheads when keeping them in captivity. Yeah. Um, on, on top of that, so yeah, I've played around with carpets, I've got that Moonglide project. I've got some uh, some other stuff that should come to fruition this year. I've uh, put Hypermel, uh, try, trying to basically replicate the lava, lava in a carpet. So yep. utilising some hypermelanism in, in, in some bread lye. Yep. And hopefully we can make some really orange carpets. Yep. That the, the bar has already been set quite high with the Murray Darling albinos i was hoping to try yeah, and yeah. beat that with something this year so so that's that's the carpets then yeah. i've got the olives the greens and it i have previously had ants i played around with some albinos and produced a couple of those but found that they were sort of not really the center of my attention so i'll move those on to somebody that was keener than i yeah so yeah 
Um, there was a question here. Do you keep any venomous stuff or would you like to in the future? Uh, I'd like to, yeah, but to be honest, I'd probably just get bitten by it all. Every ven keeper that I know, they all tell you how easy it is and uh, how you won't get bitten and this, that and the other. And yet they all have a list of uh, half a dozen bites each by different animals. So, mm. And me being me, I wasn't brought up with venomous snakes, so I'm probably not experienced enough to be messing around with venomous snakes all day every day i know i'd get bitten so i'd rather leave those to somebody that actually knows what they're doing yeah um all right so now let's move into some of the skinks that you've got um we'll start off with the albino tree skinks where did they come about um the original albino tree skink was bred by mick mick mather and um he popped a couple of those out, then sold the group to a guy, a friend of mine up here, Dave Mercica, who then passed them on to me. And I've sort of had those for probably seven years now and replicated probably between 20 and 30 of them and put those out there. I've only got two or three of them left now. Yeah. Basically, what I wanted to do with them was to get them out into the hobby, and that's sort of been done. So we'll see uh, who else can pop those out now. Mm. I could probably grab one of those if you want to have a look at it. As long as you don't get bit, I guess. <laughs> I saw Jake get <laughs> tagged by one. Cope with that. Okay. So, and yes, it has bit me. Let me see, see if we can get it in my hand there. Is yeah. that clear? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's trying to bite me at every opportunity. So, yeah, they're pretty cool, pretty underrated, really. Mm. You know, that that's a, that's a full-size adult. That's a proven breeding female, and that's yeah. as big as they get. They're, they're not the best pets because, you know, they're not slow like a bluey, and they will mm. bite you at probably any opportunity they get, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. As you can see, the attitude on that one there. So, yeah. Yeah, what size uh, enclosure have you got them in? I keep pairs in these um, two-foot cages like that. And again, I put I tend to put tree mulch in the bottom. And yep. um, they've got UV lights there. I could light this whole cage up if you like. So in this cage, you've got uh, UV there. I use party globes just to... Uh, keep the heat up too because this whole thing has got lights in every cage it gets pretty warm so yeah i find party globes in the uv globe keep it keep it nice and warm yeah so what else have you got so in you, that lot of tree skinks in those two yeah and then in this cage here i've got night skinks yeah now um chances of actually seeing one of these where was that there it is there can you see it can you see its eyes um, maybe. There. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. It's like a mini lava. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool, but you don't see much of them. They're, mm. they're, they're definitely an enthusiast lizard. They're not something that you, that, um, that, that you get to see a lot of, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So okay. uh, what else have you got in that lot there? Just the night skinks and the tree skinks, or? 
Yeah, Night Skinks, Tree Skinks, I've got my female, uh, Varanus Prasna, she lives in both of these cages there. She, she lives on this side. This is the sandy side, which, this is where she laid her eggs. Yeah. She can get from this side through that hole there into the other side. She's asleep currently there, if you want to see her. Mm. You see her there? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's her. And then she can go next door, if you like, and she has sort of a, uh, a humid wood side, if you like, with tree mulch and branches that I can keep nice and humid. And then on the sandy side, I keep it a little bit drier so that she can choose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we've got another go ahead. another green python cage there. Yeah. Again with the... Um, Are they specific locales or just yeah. green trees? What's that? Are they specific locale green trees or just whatever? They're Aussies. Aussies. Okay. And then I've got some frogs there too. So some Kimberly um, magnificent tree frogs. So... Oh, you can see Victorious this. Yeah. 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 Mm. They're pretty cool. That's, they, they were my first love, so I just keep those for the love of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, stuff like that. It doesn't matter whether it's worth 30 grand or 30 bucks. Mm. Um, things like those tree frogs, I think, are awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question here. What new blue tongue morphs will we see this year? Oh, that's that's the big question, isn't it? I suppose it's um as I said before, we've got T plus combos, so um the the, the T plus white northern probably, maybe T plus annery, uh yeah, and and then any further combos that can come from the quadruple het, so mm -hmm. the hypermelanistic um annery, so you're going to get blacks that have got black blueies with totally black eyes. More, more sun glows, so white northern albinos, more lavas. And I think there'll probably be a surprise or two in there too. Yeah. Exanthic blotches. I think really you're going to have to watch this space because mm. uh, some of that stuff, it, 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 there's no exact science. We're just going to have to see what happens. So. Yeah. 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 Um, now, you last season you popped out a few uh, anomaly blue tongues. Um, what... <laughs> Do you have any idea what the deal behind those was? Are any of them still kicking? Well, to, 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 to me, some of the anomalies that come out are, are, are a result of mixing all four genes into, into one animal. You, you tend to get what I refer to as a big polygenic swing. So, um, yeah, they, they, they just differ entirely from what, what they're supposed to look like. And it, what I mean by polygenic, poly is Latin for many and genic is genes, obviously. So it's many genes and it mm. actually just means that too many to actually be sure of what's going on necessarily. And sometimes you don't necessarily have to always have the answer, you know. So, yeah. and, and that's the fun of it. So some of it, yeah, you can get defined answers as to what it is. Some of it. It's just, you know, let, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, we've got a question here. How's the pinstripes and breeding this year going for you? The pinstripe blotches? Yeah, they're good. They're all outside, so I can't really... Actually, no, I've got a female here, actually. I've got one big female here I brought her in, so... 
so yeah, he he is um he's a big pinstripe blotchy female. You see the the bite marks on her from her mating. She was roughed up pretty bad, so mm. I just brought her in to get some food into her. Yeah. And there uh, on cue, she's having a pee for you. Perfect. <laughs> Bit of skink piss on a Saturday night. <laughs> oh. Between that and technical difficulties, what else could go wrong? <laughs> oh no, we're going. We're going all right. We've done well. We've done well. Um, so going back to the pinstripes, you can see a little bit of that yellow from the alpines coming through. With the splash yeah. of the anery or azanthic, whatever it proves out to be, do you think that will turn into almost a black and white blotchy, if you will? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking so. Yeah, you're going to have sort of a black and white contrast as opposed to the glowing orange that sits underneath the darkness there. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be um, interesting to see. Yakka skinks, run us through them. Um, oh, there's one. He's out there. Can you see him? Yep. Okay, so that cage there is a six-foot cage. We've got a, um Arcadia Pro T5 UV kit, courtesy of Anthony James in there. And um, we've got it set up again with the mulch, a nice uh, milk churn there for them to run in and out of. And there's a pair in there. There's only two or three keepers in, actually, no, a couple more, three or four keepers in Queensland that have these. They're, they're a rare skink from mm. the Brigolo. And, yep. um, yeah, look forward to seeing these being available in the pet trade over the next five or six years. And they're, yep. they're really cool. They're one of my favourites. I'd sooner those than any morph anyway. Mm. Sorry to say. Did they come yeah. from a zoo originally or wild collections like yeah, there was there was there was a guy that's always held them up in the north of queensland i forgot his name now who then passed them on to a friend of mine um what was his name i forgot his name um it escapes me so yeah there's a guy up in queensland that's had them for 30 plus years yeah. and he passed them on to passed them on to a friend of mine that lives just up the road again dave mercica and um yeah that the, there's now now a few of them out there so yeah they're definitely a cool yeah. skink to add to the list yeah definitely um we've got a question here i'm not sure if you were wanting to answer this or not that um wants to know about your electricity bill oh uh, uh, yeah <laughs> that's pretty exciting what 16 15 1600 bucks a quarter something like that yeah um not Let's too see. bad, but I have recently got some solar working, so we'll see what that mm. see what that does to it. But I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think will pop out from I don't know, say a any random hobbyists that you've seen their blue tongue collections? Um, do you think there'll be any new morphs pop out that nobody's seen before? Um, I can't think of anything specific, to be honest, but there is lots of people now having a go at this, mm. and the genetics is quite widespread through all the keepers. So you, you are going to see quite a few other people either replicate or go one better and make something pretty cool. So the, the next two or three years are going to be pretty exciting for the Blue Tongue game. You'll see some of the pricing drop out of it. More people are going to be able to play. The real hobbyists will stick to it. And, um, yeah, and, and, and you will see a lot of pretty cool morphs. Yeah. 
Do you think the um, hypermelanistics price will go up to, say, the price of an albino just because of supply and demand? Yeah, I think it probably should do. I think it, it, it would actually probably do that more good to see it go up from the sort of $500 mark because it would just create that little bit of, you know, desire for people to, to chase it again. Because mm. I think it certainly is visually the, the pick of the single gene morphs mm. and it has had issues over the years in terms of its viability, which seems to be close to being sorted out in a few quarters via, via a few different methods. So yeah. hopefully you'll see some good ones this year. Mm. It's like whenever I talk to my mom about blue tongues, she always says, I want to have a black one. I was like, just yeah, give it, yeah, give it a couple cool. of years and then we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of those animals that if you showed anybody on the street, they just, Wow. Yeah, they, they love them. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. What would you describe as the next next level pairing? I guess the next next level pairing. Oh well, I can't really share that one. I do have one in mind that I want to do this next year that um, I think will be, uh, which will set set me up for something something that'll be pretty out there so um you'll have to watch the space on that one yeah it involves involves aligning existing morphs but you, you'll have to see yeah yeah um with the carpet pythons Let me turn some of this lighting off in the background it's a bit to my eyes yeah go ahead um with the carpets um are you planning on putting any of the pattern mutations into the moon glow at all um, yeah, I'm working on some albino zebs this year. So I've got, like I say, some uh, het albinos that have got some polygenic hyper nature through them, which should increase the oranges. And uh, my goal was to actually make albino zebs that have got a really nice high contrast. I know that's been done by a couple of people, but I still don't think there's that many of them out there. And that, yeah. that particular uh, combination offers some interest so it'd be good to see see some high orange albino zebs yeah and yeah that that as i said that sets the precedent and shows that that's where blueies needs to go mm. you need to need to see more engagement around the the, the pattern mutations mm. and the um polygenics as well within yeah that's right yeah yeah um with the zebs I've heard some people in the States talk about them having issues um, with kinks and things like that. Have you noticed any of that with the breeding that you've done? Oh, that's in the super zebs. There seems to be a curly yeah. sort of pigtail. It seems to be described as with the super zebs. I've never actually aimed at producing any super zebs. I'm not, uh, as most people would know, I'm not a massive carpet breeder. I just pick a few little projects and have a play. So it's not something I'd probably be the best person to comment on, to be honest. Yeah. I've played with single zebs, um, but yeah, I haven't played with any super zebs. Yeah. Um, what are your views with the jag gene? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of fun. I, I did. I, I produced a few jags actually. I did some exanthic jags. Uh, some just some straightforward jags and so on, but every single one of them seems to have that neurological issue in in a, in a lesser or greater extent. So after having after having played with it a while, I've actually deleted that from my breeding program. I don't I don't use any jags at all, to be honest. Yeah. 
these days, but they certainly are pretty cool snakes for those that love them. Do you think there's anything, any genes in the blue tongues that has similar issues or any health issues at all? I think they all, they all come with certain issues to a, to a lesser or greater extent. You know, certainly the mutations tend to be more prone to sickness, but that's, that's the case with any animal that's, that's sort of displaying recessive mutation status, if you like. So there's always work that needs to be done to put new blood in there. I've, I've had issues in the past with certain things, but I've also managed to crack a few things too. So it's, it's an, a good breeder, if you like, is not somebody who always just gets animals and tries to replicate what's gone before. They're always trying to pick something up and see how they can improve it. And unless you actually have that, 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 that intention in mind, you, you will tend to move backwards. So these things are not without their issues Mm. and there needs to be some responsible breeding with them so that the, the, the actual animal itself isn't totally cheapened. Yeah. Um, Would you say that the morphs that look more like a normal have less health issues from your experience or is that not, um, of a worthwhile assumption. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, the, the link I seem to see is with carpets and, and a little bit here and there with blueies is that anytime you, 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 you're messing with the colours and pattern, it seems to have a link to the neural pathway and you seem to see that seems to pop up. Like with the Jags, you seem to get a little bit of corkscrewing and stargazing in some of the animals. Nothing like with the Jags where every single one of them's got it, but you do tend to see sort of a, 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 few, a, few, a few of those, those kind of problems pop up. But then having said that, I've seen issues when breeding normal blueies, you can have a litter of 12 animals and two or three of those can be, um, uh, how could you describe it, kookaburra food. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, and when you see that, you tend to just dismiss it and go, oh, they're just weak whatever that's just part of the litter but then soon as you see weakened animals in morphs everybody goes oh it's the morph it's Mm. this it's that it's the other and everybody knows what it is when really i think sometimes it's nature's way that a couple in each litter are are, are designed to perish Mm. but having said that i don't want to contradict myself yeah that that there is there is an element of of potential problems in morphs for sure yeah yeah Um. Are there any other species that you're looking at getting into in the future, whether that be blue tongues, monitors, skinks, snakes, whatever? Um, I'm lucky. I think I've pretty much got everything that I, that I ever really wanted. I might play play around with certain d- different subspecies that I don't have, but in terms of genus and so on, I've pretty much got everything that I wanted. I always wanted monitors, uh, a snake representation, and, and plenty of skinks. I do tend to hop around some of the species a little bit and pick up different things each year. But, um, yeah, I've, I've pretty much got what I want and I've got the space allocated for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that you briefly touched on before is the Western blueies um, and the pattern. I think it's, is it a pattern mutation that you're, or a possible pattern mutation that you've yeah. got? See, see, I've picked up the name, the White Westerns. And, and, and certainly the, the two best examples of it are, are very much that, you know, they seem to be not dissimilar to some of the, the darker white northerns. So uh, we'll see how that works. There's some that seem to sit 
sort of in between so you may well be looking at something that's polygenic or you may be looking at something with a, a visual hat and a super form so again it, it's 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 not you you can make all the assumptions you like but until you breed some of these animals you don't really get to understand how it works yeah um do you still have centralians and the shinglebacks or is that not so much anymore it's it's never really been a big focus to me. I've got I've got a couple of centrals, yeah, but um, yeah, it's not it's not a massive focus of mine. Yeah. Um, a question here is: uh, Would you add different animals like mammals and birds? Obviously, I think most people know yeah, that you've well, got the macaws and things. I've um, got a pair. I've got a pair of macaws that you you really wouldn't want any more than two of those. I'll tell you, they're like a, a pair of two year old kids. To be honest, they they they're hard work. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fun. I've got an aviary that's under construction for those guys at the moment, a full flight aviary. So that, that that's going to be some fun. And certainly with the Queensland fauna lobbyists that we're in sort of engagement with uh, Queensland Parks and Wildlife at the moment, we're trying to negotiate the addition of some uh, native mammals. So hopefully we can break some ice there. And certainly over the next few years, it would be good to be able to keep... Uh, one or two of those. So. Much like yeah. with what New South Wales are doing I'd, as well. I'd, I'd certainly get into some of the native mammals if, if it was possible. Sugar gliders, which, you know, you guys down there in Vic can keep. Mm. And possums, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, why not? Would you ever go into the mutations with the mammals if you had the chance, like the albino wallabies and kangaroos and things like that? Or not so much. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that albinism, when it crosses into mammals, can be a little bit, um, just a little bit to the detriment of the of the actual animal. My, my wife does breed a few Frenchies, and we play with some of the colour forms in those. But you tend not to have albinism in dogs or mammals mm. or anything like that. You tend to just see sort of dilute colour patterns, which mm. don't actually affect any of the physical attributes of the dog, so to speak, or, or, or mammal. So I don't know. That's a it's a, it's a different topic that one. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't quite hold true to to the same as reptiles, but yeah. it certainly does does uh does have appeal that's for sure mm. um well i'll open up questions to the stream if you've got any questions feel free to ask joe if there's anything else you'd like to show people or any blue tongues whatever um i'll hand it over to you now <laughs> okay so yeah hit, hit the questions we'll see what happens i guess <laughs> yeah I'll get a few uh, a few critters out to have a look at. Where are we? Everybody's saying so we see some blueies, so that's that's what yeah. We're well, that's on. what we'll do. Then. Let's do that. So we've got a lava here. This is last year's lava. So it's sort of nine months old. It's about 300 grams. Yeah. Yeah, that's your, that's your albino hypermel. That's the one everybody wants. Yeah. Um, we'll get a... Um, my daughter's been scribbling on the tubs, writing a name on them and so on. She's 
We've got Chloe Lizard there and Dad Lizard there. So, <laughs> um, got a T plus here. So is a is an is a nice um, T plus female. I don't know if the camera's good enough, but you can see the see the lavender side patterns on mm. that. Yeah, that's going to make some interesting inroads into the existing existing morphs. So, yeah. yeah. So there's your T plus. Yeah. You've seen the the um, moon glow carpet. Let's have a look at the um, the um, moon glow bluey. So yeah, that's t totally white. And um, what do you think is what genes do you think are in play there? Obviously, there's I would assume white northern and like, albino at least. Oh, uh, I, I, no, I think definitely you've got anery and, and albino because you've got the anery eyes. White northern's debatable as to whether it's just het or homozygous, but I don't truly think it, whether it is or whether it isn't wouldn't make that much difference to the appearance, to be mm. honest. I believe it possibly is white northern, but then, you know, what hypermelas are in there also? Mm. Because when you think of the larva, the larva is orange and white. And but then you anery anery takes into that, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, it could even be hypermel too. So mm. who knows? Again, again, you've got to see. It, it's not likely that it's all four in, yeah. in homozygous form, but um, until you actually do the breedings, it's um, you don't know. Best guess. So yeah, it's a bit of a guess. Mm. So um, yeah, what else do you want? One of the questions was, can we see a few oddball blueies? Or if you've got any still, uh, a few oddball blueies. Um, I suppose that was. Whoa! Kick my drink over. Um, I don't really have too many oddball stuff, but I suppose they all, they're all oddball here. I've got a um, this calico one down here that you can have a look at. That's something that we haven't talked about at all, actually, the calicos. Yeah, so let's get the, get, get this guy into the light here. So, so this animal actually, for those of you that um, followed it, actually shed out all its pattern. Can you see that, or is it just totally... Um, oh, that's yep, better. that's good there. Now we can see it. Yeah, so that actually shed out all of its pattern, and that's... Het albino and het anery too. So I put a snow over that. So you're going to get one in four snows out of that, and it'll be interesting to see what they what they come out like. Yeah. Um, from your experience, what's the um, the genetics behind them? I guess what's the percentages and things like that? Well, I don't know. That that's pretty random. That thing is. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not sure on exactly how that works. I just know that the mum seems to throw one every year that seems to drop all its pattern at about 12 months of age. Yep. And it doesn't matter what you put over her, she still seems to throw one, you yep. know, but yet she doesn't, dis she doesn't display it herself. Yep. So it doesn't hold true to any of the classic Mendelian genetics, if mm. you like. So um, it's just one of those, just one of those things. Yep. I heard somebody asking for a um, uh, alabaster. Yeah. Well, well, let's see if I can grab this guy here. Yeah, and this, this again, this is a this is a four genus. So this is alabaster. So it's white northern, um, anery, visually and, at least, yeah. And it's he, he, probably visual het hyper. 
yeah. and, and it's Poshet Bino. So um, we will see again with that one. Mm. I've actually got a, a big adult pure northern alabaster here too, which we could dig out and have a look at. Yeah. Um, I'll read out this question while you're doing that. With the first few albinos and hypers produced, how many pure eastern albinos and hypers do you, I'm guessing that's, do you have or do you think are left? Um, I've got a little bit of pure blood al albino stuff left. Uh, in my experience, though, it, it seems to not be as vigorous as, uh, as the stuff once you get that northern blood through it. So in terms of actually being able to replicate it and make it hobby-wide, it, it, it's, it sort of defeats the purpose a little bit to have too much pure stuff around. So uh, some of it's better than others, but, yeah, I, I've got a little bit, but, but not too much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there, there's your... Um, there's your alabaster, the pure, the, the pure northern form one. Yeah. Okay. Which do you prefer, the pure northern alabasters or the uh, multi-genes? Oh, I think visually the pure northern one seems is definitely whiter. I think once you get the het hyper in there, it seems to mess it up a little bit. So, um, but, the, you know, that that's the enjoyment of watching the next level but certainly the, the this guy here is literally pure white there is mm. no no additional color on there at all in fact it, it it's even whiter than white it's like a sort of a pearlescence it has to it yeah um now you've said in the past that hypermels are the thing that you get the most uh questions about and the most people wanting them um are there any other genes uh, or multi genes that have really blown up for you. What do you mean, sorry? But what what the people are interested in, the yeah. people are chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is really that. It's the the it, with the albinos. It's it's the lava because of how orange it is, and then it's the the white snows too because of how white they are. So people tend to be keenest on the stuff that's at, at, at both ends of the scale. So how white can it be? And how orange can it be? Yeah, that seems seems to be uh, what people are chasing in albino anyway. And the same with the white northerns. People want to see the um, the, the the pure white ones. Mm. And um, as Fryzy's just written on there, the, the T plus, yeah. I would say these days is probably the most requested because of how how new it is. Yeah, and because of the awesome lavenders that it's got, mm. and the different colours so, that it would throw in multi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just see if there's any other questions. There's a question here. How about hybrids? I don't know what that's referring to, but, um, yeah, well, there is the, the subspecies are high, but high, you know, the Eastern cross northerns, a lot of these morphs are, mm. are, 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 uh, hybrids from subspecies crosses, but there, there's no real hybrids. It's actually illegal to, to, to do the real hybrids. I mean, some say it's illegal to do the subspecies outcrosses, but that doesn't seem to be an issue. But um, I think there's a few people that like to play around with hybrids, but that's mm. not my game here. So. Yeah. 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 Um, one question is, can we see a sun glow? I don't... Do you own one of them yet or no? Yeah, I used one last year. That, that, that crit is actually outside at the moment. So I can't ah, yeah. That, so. Yeah, and that, that moon... That moon glow probably has that genetics through it, so yeah, yeah. 
So the sun glow is alb white northern or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. All right. Um, Alex saying there, how, how's the black and white blotches going? Yeah, the um, they're going pretty well, mate. We've had um, the, the the original mum that produced two babies, uh, which turned out to be male and female. Fortunately, we've put the male back over the over the original animal, so we should see that proven out and also mated to its its siblings. So we should see that prove out this year. They have mated. Um, they don't always produce because I live up here in Queensland. Blotches don't always produce every year, but they seem to go okay. So I'm fairly confident we'll see something on that this year. A couple of months away. Yep. Um, hmm. What else can we talk about? Um, are there any new single gene combos that you're working with, like the reduced pattern over anything or... Um, yeah, that, that that that's the stuff that's next is the is the RP stuff. So, yeah, we'll see we'll see see how far that goes. I, I probably haven't done that much with that really. I, I um, probably Gabe is probably the person that's doing the most with that stuff at the moment. I've um, yeah dropped the ball a little bit maybe there. I don't have enough space to keep going. So mm. yeah, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I have one project yeah. that's too long, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said, stream, feel free to ask any questions. Uh, Joe, if there's anything else you'd like to show us. Oh, there's a question. Um, from, there's two questions here. Um, one is Mitchell's water monitors. Oh, nah. I've just picked up some rusty monitors, so that'll have to cover that itch. <laughs> yeah. And um, what's next on the wish list? I'm pretty lucky. I, I, let's be honest. I get every reptile I want, so I don't know. I, 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 I've got every reptile that I want at the moment. Until they change the laws and allow us to bring some exotics in, I've pretty much got everything that I want. Yeah. I think probably what we were talking about earlier, I'd love to see some native mammals. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We will see... That... Who's a better bloke, me or Husey? That's from Frizy. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I think, actually, Husey could hold his drink better than you, Ryan, when you were here. So, I think maybe, maybe, maybe Husey, based on that alone, which is, you know, that's, it's, it's a big factor. Um, all right. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to show or... Um, I don't know. What what else could we do? Um, <laughs> Ryan laughing at that there. Um, I think that's pretty much covered everything. I think we're just going to be lapping around. We've seen the green pythons. We've seen the seen the prasinus, and um, we've seen plenty of bluey morphs. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's the lot, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a shame we can't um, go outside. Mm. If we could go outside. That and it was daylight, we could see some other stuff. So, yeah, yep. I could see the parentes and all that stuff. So maybe, maybe I need to do a live stream myself and get outside mm. and do something. Up until now, I haven't had the internet to do this. So you're the guinea pig. My internet was was sorted out this last week. So uh, I'm, hoping to get, <laughs> get, get, I'm hoping to get online and do a couple of live streams in the next few weeks. So 
Yeah, yeah. well, it's worked pretty much perfectly, so that's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And Ryan's there is asking about the puppies. That's that's my wife's territory, Ryan. I don't think I'm allowed to get putting Frenchies on on the late night live stream. Um, well, Joe, how can people? Sorry, you go. What's um, how can people find you and follow what you're doing with the Blue Tongues? Uh, on social media, uh, well, I've got a website which is same as my name, bluetonguelizard.com.au, and I use that name on on Instagram and and on Facebook so that it's um, so that it has the the same sort of consistency. So on all those platforms, including YouTube too. So YouTube, Instagram. Facebook and the actual website, which is under construction at the moment, reconstruction at the moment. Yeah. Um, are you going to be bringing back the YouTube videos and the genetics? Yeah. Again, again, since I, since I moved to this house, I've had a, a, a an issue with technology and so on. I'm basically living in an internet hole here, but I've just uh, installed a, an aerial on the roof that's that's got me back up to 4G capabilities. So. I am looking at over the next few months in doing some um, more YouTube, bit more live streaming, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's all to come, mate. After a bit of a lull, it's it's all it's all going to be back. Sounds good. Um, well, I think that's covered pretty much everything. Um, thank yeah. you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, there's, there's there's one thing. Um, uh, and that's, I suppose, that we didn't cover it with the Varanus prasinus. We've got eggs in the incubator right now. So yeah. um, that, that's the most exciting thing for me this, to come this year. And, um, yeah, look out for that. I'll make sure that I paint the internet green when they come out. Don't you worry about that. Um, how many days incubation is on them? Do you know? It's uh, Looking at the data in, in, in breeding journals, it ranges from about 150 to 180 days so um it's a long way yeah uh, anywhere between now i reckon it'll be on the low side i reckon 155 days something like that and we're, we're sort of 25 days in so 100 130 to go yeah and um yeah james saying ryan stop asking about my wife's puppies i think yeah ryan it, it, actually is it past the watershed yeah probably <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. That was great fun. It was good to see all of your animals, or a lot of them at least. Yeah, we've seen a nice portion of them. Hopefully some of that stuff was pretty clear. Yeah, so, all good. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks. All right, Josh. Keep doing the good work. You're a good representative of this hobby. You're one of the up-and-comers. I love your work. I don't get a chance to look at everything that you do, but I appreciate the invite, and um, I'm, I'll certainly be there to help you with any of your projects over the coming years. So love your work, mate. Thank you very Keep much. All right. Thanks. We're done for the day. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Yeah. I hope you have. Alrighty, and that concludes the interview a few years ago with Joe Ball. He absolutely did turn Facebook green when the uh, Varanus prasinus emerald tree monitor eggs have uh, did hatch uh, after that interview. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, it's a bit of a, a piece in time nowadays because a lot has changed since then, uh, and I'm sure we'll have to do another interview with Joe at some point uh, to see 
what he's up to these days um, and what's really getting him ticking. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, feel free to go and check out some of Joe's stuff. Uh, all of that contact information is still relevant today. Uh, if you want to see what myself and of course Dane uh, get up to, uh, you can find Dane at Blue Horizon Reptiles or myself at Josh's Aussie Reptiles. Uh, as I said, hope you enjoyed. Hope you're all keeping safe in these weird times that we're in. Um, enjoy and thank you for listening. Cheers.